7 o'clock. Do you know where your freedom is? to another episode of the Psychosemantic Podcast. In our climate change-denying country, <laughs> our groundhog prophesizer said that we were going to have an early spring on Groundhog Day. <laughs> it's so strange that that's actually a thing and not just a thing in a Bill Murray film. <laughs> yeah, it's and, and they do it there, and the people dress like that. Like I, I can only understand that happening if Bill Murray was present. Like every like every year it happened, if Bill Murray was there, I can understand uh, the states doing that. But if he's not there, I, I think it's just silly. <laughs> yeah, and they send people like I don't think we have a local groundhog. I think they send the fake news crews or whatever they're called, to cover a groundhog somewhere else. That's so strange. The, even the idea of having a local groundhog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So how are, thing, how are things anyway? Doing well? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty well, man. Uh, cannot complain. Well, you know, personally, as you, as you may know, America is burning to the ground. But yeah. From the little I understand of politics and, like, adult life, America really does seem to be toiling just now. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever read Mice and Men? Yeah, a long time ago. Well, I, I don't if If you remember the ending when Lenny, Lenny fucked it all up and uh, George is t- telling him about how everything's going to be great and they're going to be happy and... Things are gonna turn around, and then he shoots him in the back of the head. That's that's the point of America right now. 
<laughs> it really it's so strange to watch from like a kind of a way outsider's perspective it seems mad that a lot of what's happening is actually happening and this isn't just like just some silly movie <laughs> like some of the things that Trump and stuff come out with I'm like how how are you in this position how is this actually happening in real life and it's mind-blowing it it is mind-blowing I, I am a little bit more excited now that the Trump party doesn't control the the main all the main three branches of the government yeah although you know he's taking over the federal courts with See, lifetime I, I appointments only... I only know about that because you you spent a morning explaining it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to help. I had a uh, or to spread my madness and my sadness. <laughs> I had a Either request way. to explain impeachment, so that'll be coming up. Oh, sweet! Because <laughs> I have no idea about that either. <laughs> I, I know Scottish has its own uh, government, but there are also representatives in the British Parliament. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. You know. I think that's the downside of us really only having two main political parties as they just go back and forth and we don't get to have regime, not regime change, but nobody's ever really going to gang up and get rid of, you know, like replacing the prime minister and votes of no confidence and stuff like that. Yeah. Over, I think right now the average polling is almost 60% of Americans can't stand Trump, but... He's there until he gets caught doing something finally or the next election, hopefully. They're already setting up voter purges again. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that the leader of the Senate called the Democrat plan to make Election Day a national holiday and do automatic voter registration when you turn 18. He called that a power grab. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. I, see politics man i just <laughs> i don't get it i just wish that's the same as i said in the last episode i was on i just wish they would just clear house and start again just let like cool people run run the country yeah <laughs> we'd go on a lot better it would be cool if the little wave keeps going because you know we got alexandria ocasio-cortez since we last spoke it's been almost a year since we've chatted on a podcast i know we, really? we talked yeah, our Repo Man episode came out on March 5th. Oh, shit. I honestly didn't think it was that long ago. I didn't think it had been either, or else I would have been bugging you a lot more. <laughs> we keep Every time we think of getting like you or, or Duncan or that on ours, it's, it's he trying to tie Scott down, because <laughs> his shifts are so awful. It's like I get an hour window a week where we can record, <laughs> and it's like... Right, okay, I can go. I can go right now. I'm like, right, shit. Wait till I get the night and stuff plugged in. <laughs> and then by the time I've got it all done, he's like, oh no, shit. I, I, I've got to leave for work in ten minutes. I'm like, oh my god, I can't handle this. But we need to get you on us as well, just to make this a more common thing, especially if it's nearly been a year. Like that shouldn't happen. This should, this should be a this should be a quarterly thing. We should be doing this every like four months. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta pick some Scottish movies and have you all come. <laughs> that 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 could be brilliant or it could end up in an absolute disaster because there's not a whole lot of good scottish films yeah. we'll find something we'll do all the sean connery james bond films oh, that, that'll be a laugh <laughs> 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 yeah. 
We could do train spotting. Train yeah, spotting one and two. That would be good. I've read the book. It's been a long, long time. I can't remember. I feel like the book had a glossary in the back, like Clockwork Orange does. How did you How did you find the book? Reading it because I as it's so broad, Scott. That like, I know people who are born and raised in Glasgow and still struggle to actually read Train Spotting. Since you asked me. I will be a hundred percent honest. After the second or third chapter, I got the audiobook, and that was easier. I don't know why. Uh, maybe just because I have more Scottish conversations than read literature. Yeah. There Especially, was a poet. Say, yeah. No, no, on you go. There, there was a poet that I studied in college. I can't remember his name. I don't know if it was Robert. Well, I know I read some. Was it Robert Burns? Yeah. But there, there was another guy that uh, we did a bit of a focus on in one of my poetry classes at university. But I don't know. I, I definitely found it a lot easier to read with my ears. I actually, I seen there was like a, a meme on Twitter a few days ago, and it was talking about Scottish people and how, like, we just spell words whatever way we want. So, <laughs> like, I, I, in Scotland, it's slang to call a child a Wayne, but you could spell Wayne like a hundred different ways and nobody corrects you it's just like yeah that's right man i know what you mean <laughs> and that's kind of the same with train spotting where you're reading it going that's probably not how you would actually spell that but it's probably a made up word anyway so who cares I mean, so I, it's interesting to see how that actually transcends across across the pond and see like if you guys are reading train spotting how easy you or how difficult you're, you're picking it up because i can't I defy anyone that's not actually born and raised in Scotland to really understand everything in Transport <laughs> in the book. Yeah, there's definitely some stuff that I was like, okay. I mean, if you really look at it, they're all made up words at some point, whatever language yeah. you're in. But I, I took a lot of old English classes also. <laughs> and they just said, fuck it. I think those things sort of helped me converse a little bit better with my, my uh, Scottish brethren and... I am always, and you know, Duncan makes like nine podcasts a week. So, <laughs> honestly, where does he find the time? It is insane. The witch probably really did clone him. The, do you know what? That would be an amazing concept for an actual podcast. <laughs> Duncan, and all about how the witch created them. And then just, I'd actually just like to hear what they do every hour of every day because they obviously have something that can slow down time Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. I'm your host Duncan McLeish, welcome to the show. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. It would be a really fucked up version of multiplicity. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, I'm really intrigued for that to happen. We'll find the time. Back to looking at America from a very, very far distance. We are here to talk about 1996's Mars Attacks. 1997, if you're in the UK. You had to wait another year for this? Yeah, February uh, 97. Although it was like the end of February, so 
when I seen it, it would probably be March 97. So right around this time of year, 20 See? years ago? Crazy. I was 21, 22 years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so horrible. So horrible at maths. <laughs> uh, this is actually, like... My, I know people, you know how it works, and just in case someone doesn't, in the UK, our rating systems are you for like everyone can go see it, PG for you have to bring your mum or dad, 12, 15, and 18. And when Mars Attacks came out, it was a, it was a 12, and I was only seven at the time, and my dad uh, sneaked me and my older brother in to see it. And it was absolutely mind blown, and I, I I literally think that that is what kind of gave me a love for old cinema and old horror, like your kind of fifties schlock thing. It's all down to seeing Mars Attacks at such an impressionable age that I should not have been in watching this film. <laughs> but it's that's why it's now emblazoned on my arm, and that's why I have so much love for this film. And no matter what the critical reception of that is for it, that. I'll, I'll never have anything negative to say about Mars Attacks. <laughs> oh, that's good because I am a big fan of this of this film. I don't have a tattoo of it. The only real literature or media based tattoo I have is I've I've got a lot of Alice in Wonderland through the Looking Glass tattoos. Um, this movie, yeah, this movie's fucking rad. I I, I think that's we we talked a little bit off screen, and I don't you know how how it goes. This movie's pretty simple. So we can just bounce around and talk about it like we have been. But here in America, this came out in 1996. Uh, directed by Tim Burton, based off the, the trading card series, which the guy didn't even read before he wrote the script. <laughs> Starring Jack Nicholson twice. Glad, you know, uh, Tim Burton said that he was. Did you watch that little uh, TV spot I sent you? Uh, I did. I did. Uh I don't, I don't know where that, like, where, where did the YouTube user get that from? Because I, I have this on VHS, DVD, and Blu-ray, and I've never, ever seen it. I've got it on Blu-ray, and I've never seen it. It says it was made for the Sci-Fi Channel, which mm -hmm. I don't know if that if you have that over there or if it has a different name over there, but the... We, ha we have a Sci-Fi Channel now, but it's quite a kind of recent thing like maybe the past five years so i don't know if it is a tie-in with the sci-fi channel you guys have it's been around here for for a while and so it was promotional tv spot i'm not sure i don't know maybe maybe it's on the laser disc or maybe it's something but i had never seen it before it's really interesting i'm, I'm really glad you sent me it because it does give you that little insight that I would be, I would expect on DVD extras. Yeah. And, but because it has the kind of little campy fun intros to each of the segments, I was like, this is definitely made for a DVD. Well, where is it? Where? Why have I never seen this? <laughs> Maybe the Canadians are keeping it to themselves. <laughs> Those pesky Canadians. I was a little nervous because I know you are a big fan of this film. And I didn't want to America all over you with like, here, here's this thing that you've known about for 10 years. I'm going to pretend like I just discovered it. And uh, <laughs> so I think our accents include a level of condescension. And I try to be uh, conscious of that. No, Darren, every time you speak, I find it absolutely fascinating. I, I, I have never, ever felt uh, that you were condescending. So... 
pour your information all over me. Ooh. <laughs> and I meant that as sexual as it sounded. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that that brightened up my Sunday afternoon. <laughs> um, this movie. Did did you have any more? Like you, you said, you went and saw it with your dad. You got snuck in. Oh, and your rating system. Do you know our rating system? It's close, but arbitrarily I, I, different. I know they rated R. Uh, I know PG-13. Yeah, pg thirteen's like your your 12, right? Yeah. And R, I guess, is close to your 15. Because that is you can still get in with an adult if you're a couple years younger to get in. G is our U, I think. Uh, yours probably stands for universal or something like that. Yeah, and yeah. G is general audiences. And then we've got NC-17 and X. And nothing's really rated X anymore, but NC-17 is fuck off if you can't prove you're 17 or older. I see, with ours, like, the 12, it's not really so much now, but with 12, it was like, if you can't prove you're 12... And that was the kind of argument that we all had as 12-year-olds. Like, we're 12. We don't have ID. How do, we, <laughs> how, how do you prove that you are 12? And the same with 15. How can you prove you're 15? Like, so, is there a test? Like, definitely, you don't look 15. It's like, well, maybe I'm a young 15, but you can't then turn me away. Uh, it's not so bad now, but at this time, it definitely was. So the fact that I, at 7, I had managed to get in at a 12 was... Like, just, it was so cool to me. It was absolutely amazing. <laughs> My totally <parents>. illegal. <laughs> oh, fuck oh. it. It's, it's, it's censorship for the government to stop you from seeing that stuff, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. My parents never really took me. I, I wasn't allowed. I had to sneak and watch a lot of stuff or just go over to my friend's house. I could read anything, but they were very selective with movies. And then when I was 10 or something like that, my mom took me to see the Bram Stoker's Dracula movie when it came out. <laughs> And that was awkward, and in the some of the scenes, sitting next to my mom, the the, the lesbian scene. Yeah, that that was a little that was a little rough. I can't I can't even imagine watching that now with my mom, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm nearly thirty. <laughs> There's just some stuff that you don't watch with your parents. It takes away from the the viewing experience, but. It, it is really cool that your your dad took you to see this. Do you know that Song of the South Disney movie that's usually locked away in the vault because it's pretty racist? I, I, I know of it. I've, I've never watched it myself, but I know I know of it. It played in a theater about a half hour away from us when I was a little kid, and my dad took me to see it as some sort of film lesson. It, it was definitely after we went to a, a protest in D.C. and some... Uh, Nazi skinheads sort of attacked some protesters I was near. So I don't know if it was some larger lesson about racism. See, I wish more parents in America would teach their kids about <laughs> that kind of lesson about racism. Because <laughs> right now there seems to be a lot of the total opposite that their parents haven't told them about that. People who are maybe actually fans of Song of the South. More parents like yours. Thank you. I yeah I I will try to I will try to do that with with my son. Got to keep him away from more protests now because they have a lot more tendency to get violent anymore. Like the fucking Martians. I fucking love this movie, man. See, just even just you mentioning the Martians, it makes me think of the think of Mars attacks, and I just can't help but smile. 
Like that, that this movie just meant so much to me uh, in my childhood, and I do think it is the is the reason that I'm sitting here talking to you, someone who I've never met, talking about movies and in the kind of the little podcast group that this all boils down to me seeing Mars Attacks at a young age because other than that I wouldn't have really had a a kind of entrance into horror or kind of sci-fi or until a much later age where maybe it wouldn't have been as special. It's really cool to think about where where it's all rooted from and I, I, it can go hand in hand but it's you know people talk about it a lot more often when they're talking about their sexuality but I think film is just another version of what turns you on you know yeah when i was when i was a kid <laughs> we had these sort of dinosaur attack cards that came out that i saw when i was i think it was i think i was getting baseball cards or garbage pail kids at a collector shop and dinosaur attack cards cuz i'm sure they were not still around when when you when you were a kid yeah, we, or, we didn't we didn't uh, yeah. have anything like that. Yeah, uh, like we, we would see it like garbage pail kids and stuff. But we would see it in in movies or different American like kid shows referencing it, but we never actually had anything like that. Or at least I didn't. Mm. I don't know if older kids did. Maybe maybe Scott. Scott's a little bit older, right? Or, or, a, or a lot bit older. Yes, yeah, Scott's way older. <laughs> at, le- at least 25 years and don't let him fool you. <laughs> That's why he's never around. He's taking a lot of naps. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. I'm going to tell him you said that. If you don't start making more sense, we're going to have to put you in a home. You already put me in a home. Then we'll put you in a crooked home. It's on 60 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> the dinosaur attack cards were kind of like the Mars attack cards, which I didn't hear about until I f- saw this movie and started looking into it. But dinosaur attack cards were trading card series of drawings where you find out at the end of the series what happened. And spoiler alert, it's scientists and aliens are to blame. But just some weird rift happens and dinosaurs show up and they're just eating the fuck out of people in various gory scenes. Those sound amazing. Do you still have? Do you still have them? I, I might have them somewhere. Cause I, I had no idea. I, I knew about the Mars Attacks cards again, obviously from this film, but it was only watching the behind the scenes kind of clip you sent me earlier that I heard about the dinosaur attack. I'd never, I'd never knew that that was a continuation from Mars Attacks. They're like, definitely made a- by the same company. Uh, well, according to that uh, behind the scenes thing, it was that Mars Attacks, the, the cards were seen or were seen to be kind of too subversive for kids. So they, I think they then changed them to dinosaurs, maybe. Uh, that's what I took from that behind the scenes thing, but my head is mushman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's maybe totally unfounded. But I thought they, they were then banned. So the dinosaur attack thing was like maybe a more kid-friendly version and then they brought the Mars Attacks cards back out. But again, I could be making that all up. I, I'm willing to go along with you on that with a similarly mushy mushy mind, but uh, I, they did not give me any trouble trying to buy them when I was seven or eight. And I remember the blood. And there's, I mean, there's there's ones where dinosaurs teleported or whatever to share the same space with people so there's you know a dude's arm hanging out and his screaming face and 
some cool shit. I'm going to have to look and see if I still have them. I know I have some Garbage Pail Kids left because one of my neighbors used to give them out instead of candy at Trick or Treat. Oh, I, I would only ever go to that house. <laughs> I've always wished I had like a collection of Garbage Pail Kids cards because we didn't have it here. Like watching that the movie that is actually terrible, but I still enjoy. I'm always like, dang man, I wish I, I wish I had a collection in the cupboard of all the garbage wheel kids or all the Mars Attacks cards. I, w- I wish it was a thing over here. There, there's a, a book out over here that's uh, Mars Attacks and it's a trading card game, and I've not bought it yet. I don't know why. I'll probably now <laughs> buy it as soon as we finish this. <laughs> uh, I think it is just a hardback book all about each of the cards. So just like enlarged artwork, but I have never seen anyone sell like a replica a pack of the cards or even the originals. Uh, see, see, uh, as a as a parent now, would you let like the dinosaur attack cards? Would you let your son have them at this age, or do do you think it was maybe actually a bit too a bit too gory and garish for kids? I may get overruled by the misses. <laughs> but our usual rule is unless there's a whole bunch of profanity because he's got a dirty fucking mouth. <laughs> yeah, I think in the last five days he screamed, you're a fuck for five minutes at me. And I, I can't remember. Wh- oh, yeah. I put his empty dish in the sink. Um, and I, can he'll say, <laughs> I can understand how upset he was then. <laughs> yeah. And... You know, I, we, uh, I guess getting closer to the point, we let him watch stuff like Spaceballs. So he'll say, holy shit, when something really cool happens. Yeah. Or he, he hasn't really busted it out in a really good a really good time, but uh, I knew it. I was surrounded by assholes. Comes out occasionally, and uh, <laughs> Big Trouble in Little China is probably one of his favorite movies. So... He'll say, oh, shit, mom, it's just a game. Um, so we just we kind of say, OK, well, you can talk like that here as long as you're using it in the proper context. And you don't get crazy, but don't talk like that at school. You'll get thrown out. <laughs> <laughs> and with films, we kind of try to weigh if it's not really, really gory. Sure. I, I, I know he was a little bit younger, but he's seen Evil Dead. And he's seen Return of the Living Dead. Children's services won't come for me. You got to do a lot to get them to come <laughs> after you. But uh, he'll be f- he'll be four in March. What did they think of Evil Dead and Return of the Living Dead? He loves the soundtrack to Return of the Living Dead. That's the part he remembers the most. And yeah. with Evil Dead. Oh man, I wish I could get him to say "I'll swallow you so." But he he liked he liked the special effects and uh, when Bruce Campbell gets hurt. See, I'd say there's a lot to be said and shown kids at that age of those movies because I I don't think the kids are getting are, are taking the kind of violent aspects from it or going to act on it what you're doing is giving them an education in absolutely brilliant cinema <laughs> <laughs> and i don't think there should be age ratings like like mars attacks okay there's there's violent bits in it but it's not like the kids are going to go out and grab a ray gun and start a uh, disintegrating people by showing them these kind of things and like if your son is enjoying the return of the living dead soundtrack 
that's incredible because he's going to grow up and obviously with you guys as parents he's, he's going to do that anyway but he's going to find out about way better bands way better movies than most of his peers and that instantly makes him cooler <laughs> <laughs> there should be more parents like you Darren oh thank you sir thank you sir uh I'm I'm having fun I'm having fun with this one. It's an interesting science experiment. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, one of his favorite bands is the Velvet Underground. He he asks for Sunday Morning. That's that's one of his favorite songs. And he, he must yeah. be the only four year old in the world <laughs> that wants to listen to the Velvet Underground. <laughs> He's gonna change that, and you know. <laughs> He likes Tomash. He will definitely react react to the music. Uh, I didn't really get a good video, but he'll usually run in a circle, pumping his fist when he's listening to like Bad Religion or No Effects or something like that. One time it was perfect, and he ripped his shirt off and knocked over something in his room. <laughs> he he's going to be such a handful when he when he hits the teen years. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm ar- I'm already planning how to how to catch him breaking out of the house. <laughs> what you so, going to just bat bars on the windows <laughs> no i mean if if he gets creative because you know i can't really be a, a hypocrite at least i mean there will be some things that i did that i obviously will try to stop him from doing but if he's smart enough to get past me more power to you because i know exactly how i would break out of his rim I, I think you're secretly hoping for the day, does it? Just so you can just look at him running through the garden with pride, like, yeah, that's my boy. That's my boy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my dad had fun I, I, busting me. See, I've always, I, I know what I was like as a kid, and I've always said if I have children myself, I'll just, like, handcuff them to the radiator until they're 18. <laughs> 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 like, they're, they're not getting to do the stuff that, that I did because... They shouldn't. <laughs> Man, one time I got home and I probably should have just taken out the garbage out to the, the bin outside, but I had a bunch of empties, uh, empty cans and bottles and stuff from, you know, I had some friends over. I had a bedroom in the basement the last couple years of high school. And I came home and my dad had gone and he lined them all up. I had the shelf that went around the top of my room. And he lined up all my empty uh, beer cans and bottles. And hid. He hid somewhere. I don't even know where the fuck he was hiding. But I walked into my room. And I saw it. And then I turned around and he's standing there. <laughs> Caught red-handed. Yeah. Was he angry though, or was he like, like just the, the way you were saying there, just like that's my boy. Yeah. He, for breaking his rules, I had a minor punishment. He he asked if anybody had driven home, and I said no, and he got less angry. And, and yeah, it always seemed to turn into like a safety issue. Yeah. Like if you weren't stupid, you're gonna get the kind of trouble that somebody who didn't do something stupid is, and. That's kind of the same way we're we're gonna go at it, and I think that's how my wife was. I I would just go get high and skateboard, and I could get home. But you know, my wife was more of a drinker in high school, so her parents were like, "Don't ride home with a drunk driver. Call us, and you won't get in trouble." Yeah, which, which is a a great way to be. Uh, 
because at least then you're 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 still having fun and you're still actually like you're still fully aware of the danger that you could be in. I think there's a lot of worse decision decisions made from fear of something lesser happening to you. I don't know. See, I used to we used to just set fire to things, <laughs> uh, and I came back once and my dad could smell smoke and he was like, "You've been smoking," and. It was way easier to just say, yeah, I've been smoking, than no, we were just setting stuff on fire in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> so it then made me actually like, he's like, right, fine. So you're just going, here, I'll get your pack of fags and you're going to smoke them. And I was like, oh, shit. Because I, I hate it. I hate, I've tried it, obviously, before. I hate tobacco. I hate smoking a cigarette. So like the four puffs in and I was just sick everywhere. And I eventually, <laughs> eventually had to admit that I wasn't smoking. I was just setting fire to things. <laughs> rather than just rather than just tell the truth from the start, I was like, yeah, it's way, it makes way more sense that I would be smoking than just being an arsonist. I mean, who, who are we to say? I definitely set uh, the carpet on fire one time. <laughs> And oh, go into the that's my boy. Probably the most that's my boy that I got from my dad when I got in trouble or whatever was. Okay, so this is America, so it will involve a gun being pointed at me momentarily. <laughs> but uh, my dad really likes fireworks. We would get fireworks on occasion. And I got a bunch of mine. I would stage them with my G.I. Joes or whatever in the yard and have massive battles and whatnot. But uh, some friends and I went and instead of setting stuff on fire, we were just lighting off firecrackers and somebody called the cops saying that somebody was playing with a gun. So I came around the corner and there was a cop with a gun. There was your hands. <laughs> and I, I about shat myself and uh, they rounded us all up searched us and everything and put us in the back of the car and drove us all home, talked to our parents. I was the last one. And, you know, my dad was, oh, yes, yes, sir. We will deal with this. Thank you very much. <laughs> and he asked if I, that was the last of my fireworks. And I said, yes. And we went and got more. <laughs> Even though you could have been gunned down by the cops <laughs> you still got more fireworks that's brilliant yep, got more fireworks can you imagine that happened now oh with, with the way the states are going you you would have been as soon as you came around that corner you would have been shot down probably but if we are going to be all the way honest i am a pale person uh, yeah, that is true <laughs> uh, uh, yeah so i probably would have been appointed to the supreme court um, <laughs> Although, you know, yeah, lighting fireworks isn't the same as being a, a drunken rapist, but I digress. Of uh, uh, The parents in Mars Attacks. <laughs> we are all over the place. I hope you're having fun. Oh, I'm always having fun, man. <laughs> I should be, I'm always having fun talking to you and talking about Mars Attacks as opposed to just always having fun in life. But that is also the case. Yeah, you all, you do seem to be a, a pretty fun-loving person. So the main parents in this, I guess, would be Glenn Close and Jack Nicholson, one, as the president and first lady. 
parents of Natalie Portman. Yeah, it's Natalie Portman. Parents of young Seattle grunge Natalie Portman. I love Natalie Portman, man. Yeah. I can't remember when I watched this uh, as a kid, just thinking one day she will be my girlfriend. <laughs> one day. I still I still believe that will be the case, but I think there'll need to be a, a kind of plan of attack and kidnap situation. <laughs> but we'll get there. She can even rap. <laughs> so there you go. What What's not to like about Natalie Portman? Getting her degree at Harvard or someplace like that right now. And well, oh, well, she's probably done by now. That was probably ten years ago. I heard about that, but <laughs> well, that's that's just put her totally out of my league. Then there's no there's no way anyone is graduating from Harvard and still interested in this guy. <laughs> <laughs> it, de- it definitely is going to have to be a kidnap situation. I don't sleep, motherfucker, off that yak and that Durbin. Doing 120, getting head while I'm swerving. Damn, Natalie, you a crazy chick. Yo, shut the fuck up and suck my dick. I'm buzzing dudes' mouths like gushers, motherfucker. Roll up on NBC and smack the shit out Jeff Zucker. What you want, Natalie? To drink and fight. What you need, Natalie? To fuck all night. Oh, we're joking, Miss Portman. Promise yeah, you. One of, one of us is. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not the guy planning the kidnap. I'm giving you some cover. No, nah, you better, you're just, you better come out and say it. So at least you can expect it. And there's more of a chase. There's, there's, a, there's a thrill in the chase. So she knows I'm coming for her. It makes it that little bit more difficult. And no. then when eventually I do actually have her as a hostage or partner, eh, the, the payoff is worth it. You know, try try to tap into that Stockholm syndrome she had in V for Vendetta, <laughs> where that oh man, my my wife hates that part of the movie. It's like, oh Corey, of course, you kidnap and torture a woman, and she loves you forever. <laughs> I can't defend <laughs> it. That's just something I didn't notice until now. It, it, it seems more problematic now, but. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so much fun stuff about this movie. I mean, Jack Nicholson playing two different people is just fun. I don't know. I, I, what he said, he wished that he could be for Tim Burton what what Robert De Niro is for Scorsese. And I, I think it could have worked. See, if Nicholson had appeared in more Burton films, it could have worked for him. But that was always going to be Johnny Depp, wasn't it? Like Tim Burton wasn't going to cast Jack Nicholson more than he was casting Johnny Depp out of your fucking mind yeah that was probably cheaper too and to be honest later in his career like he should have just stuck with jack nicholson like i love johnny depp but there, there's been some performances where it's like right cool man we, we, we get that let's let's move on let's play something different you go somewhere else we'll watch fear and loathing in las vegas and remember you <laughs> fondly although that's not a tim burton movie but we'll watch what edward scissorhands and Sleepy oh, I Hollow. Cry. I cry at Edward Scissorhands every time I watch it. Just, uh, just that they like, he's just so misunderstood. <laughs> yeah. uh, that movie is so brutal. It is. And let's not even talk about not being able to masturbate. That's another tortured existence. <laughs> I have actually no idea where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> You've rendered me speechless. Oh, well, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure somebody's talked about it, but how did Edward Scissorhands? Oh, I honestly thought you were talking about Johnny Depp as a oh. person. And I was, like, <laughs> I was like, how do you know about the masturbation habits of Johnny Depp? 
You will not be able to see his eyes because of T-shades. But his knuckles will be white from inner tension. And his pants will be crusted with semen from constantly jacking off when he can't find a rape victim. He will mm. stagger and babble when questioned. That's why he looks so sick now. That makes sense. <laughs> He's losing all his power and his charisma. Have you ever seen the the, the porn parody Edward uh, Penisans? No. Well, How is it? Oh, it's it's <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> it, it exists. It's probably it's... better than the one based off Tremors that I saw. I said, "What's that?" <laughs> I forget. <laughs> I think it was seriously called something about underground penis monsters or something like that. Uh, I, I saw it once when I was on tour. You know, I, I don't know if you, you, you traveled around a whole lot with your band. I can't remember. We talked about it a little bit before, but you sort of get a feeling for how a person is when they get you back to their house at night. <laughs> that, that sounds like a really dangerous story that something got you back to their house and showed you a movie about underground penis monsters it, it was close it, it's not the <laughs> creepiest thing that ever happened on tour that happened in new mexico i believe but this was yeah we got back to a, a guy's house after a show it took a while before women started asking us to come back to their place and <laughs> still then i was usually the one with a girlfriend so i guarded all the shit in the van but this guy yeah he uh, he turned on the TV and it was Tremors porn on on whatever satellite cable channel he had. And everybody was like, yeah. And <laughs> I just kind of stepped back a little bit. It was like, fucking weird. Like, do, do you think people are actually watching Edward Penis Hands and like Tremor porn to actually be aroused? Or is it just for the kind of the fun of it? Because surely you're not sitting there masturbating to underground penis monsters. Like, where does that get sexy? I mean, there's probably a kink for everything. But yeah, it, it is a little bit more odd than one time a girlfriend in high school, a girlfriend and I got home and her dad was acting really weird. And uh, we hung out and everything. And then right before I left, I went to put a movie on for her and there was a porn in the VCR. It was Adam's Family porn. <laughs> and that was pretty cool. That, that does actually sound like it could be sexy. Yeah. <laughs> because Morticia in mm -hmm. just the regular Adams family is so is such a babe that a porn version of her would actually be Yeah, about my street. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, I, I would definitely there's probably more than one, but yeah, that one was pretty ra fucking the grandma was like 35 or something <laughs> like that, you know. But anyway, <laughs> Uncle Fester was just actually played by a penis. Yeah, <laughs> and he was probably called Uncle Fister. Oh man, see if this isn't actually a thing. We should be writing a script. Well, this is this is a this is a loose tentative copyright right here. Talking about this, this we're we're sharing our <laughs> our meeting. Um, <laughs> we have not talked a whole lot about the movie. We've oh, no. talked around the movie. <laughs> What what I didn't know until uh, like when you kind of asked me if I, I fancied coming out to talk about Mars Attacks, and I started doing a little bit more research that Alex Cox had tried to write a, a, a script for Mars Attacks in the eighties, and I was like, it's so weird that the the both episodes I'll be on of your show 
Alex Cox is there in a kind of reference in some way. It's really cool how this stuff sort of falls into <laughs> um, more timeliness. Or It's weird because I, I didn't know that he'd ever tried to write a script for it. And it's just mental that I was coming on here and then that's where I found that out. And I'm like, shit, man. I'm now going to have to find an Alex Cox tangent on every episode I do with you. It means we're going to have to come on and do Sid and Nancy. And that's it. Yeah. He had something to do with Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas too, didn't he? I'm actually, I'm not too sure. But I've Possibly. already, I've already covered that. But yeah, I think we're going to have to, I almost, when I checked to see if you wanted to do Suburbia or um, Rock and Roll High School, I almost said Sid and Nancy also. Do you know me, man? I'll come on and talk to you about anything. Hell Yeah. I think if you get a chance to see that Heaven Help Us movie at some point, let me know if you want to talk about it as a also oh, former, yeah. former Catholic boy. But I figure if not, we're going to have a punk rock episode next. Sweet, man. I'm, there. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to actually watching that because I'd never heard of, of that film until you sent me the, the picture of it. Uh, but th- that, the, the Catholicism episode could go on so many dark tangents that <laughs> it's maybe safer to stick with punk rock just now. Could be, could be. <laughs> if if we do the Catholicism episode, we'll set aside an extra half hour or so. Just, yeah. just for darkness. <laughs> My mind's made up. I've given this long and careful thought and it has to be medical experiments for the lot of you. You did get to watch some or all of uh, Mars Attacks in black and white, by the way. I only got to the the first kind of invasion scene. Uh, I, I've never even thought about watching this in black and white until you asked me this morning. I didn't even know I could turn my television to black and white <laughs> <laughs> until I said to you, like, I can't find a black and white copy. And you're like, yeah, man, just turn your TV black and white. <laughs> I was like holy shit, I did not know I could do that. So I've now said to my girlfriend that every movie we watch from now on, we're going to do it in black and white. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's, it's crazy how much Mars Attacks works in black and white. It does. I, I'm glad you like it because, uh, like we've said before, you're such a big fan of this movie. I think I could see Tim Burton making it so it could be either. Yeah. Or maybe it's just that it's such an homage to that type of movie that it just makes sense. This was the first one that I actually turned the color off for my thing. Because if if I am going to pick anything apart on the movie, it's some of the computer effects. And that's not how Tim Burton wanted to do it. He wanted to have like animatronic Martians and shit and other things like that. And they just said, no, you keep got to do it. Cheaper and faster. <laughs> and I think it's totally fine. I, I Like I said, I'm, I'm a fan of this movie. I think it's totally fine in color. But the black and white is so forgiving. And I thought about that when, you know, people bitch about the effects in The Mist. And I was like, well, the effects in Mars Attacks, I think, are way better than The Mist, even though The Mist is 20-ish years older. And so I just thought I would try it and I think it works so well like you said as as yeah. a black and white it's, it, it seems like such an obvious thing as well when you ask me I'm like how have I never ever thought about that like because it is such a 
it's it's so in the kind of vein of Edward and the the other the schlock films that I honestly think Tim Burton there was probably a conversation at some point that he wanted to release this in black and white, but obviously I think the studios would be like, no, there's no there's no way you're turning an eighty million dollar film black and white, but the 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 way it's shot and with the effects like you say, it lends itself so well to monochrome. They they should be releasing that as a version, like with like a two disc Blu-ray, one in color, one in black and white, and do it with that fucking thing from the Sci-Fi Channel if you're listening. Oh yeah, definitely, because that was so interesting. Clean it up a little bit, and then start sending me screeners if that's how you start getting screeners. <laughs> Just send us them, and we'll send you our first and second draft of our porn script. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not offering nothing here. <laughs> Also send you my plan of attack for Natalie Portman, if, you, <laughs> if, if you're interested. <laughs> Which is also just a script. Yeah, just a script. Another special guest coming up next month on Scott and Liam versus Evil. <laughs> Natalie Portman. <laughs> she may sound like her mouth is covered in tape, but that is just <laughs> that is just editing. <laughs> uh, but like you say about the effects, though, that when you watch it now, the effects are dated uh, I don't think that takes away from it I think it it's so good because if you watch any of the, the, the ones from the 50s the effects are awful oh, yeah. uh, but in but in black and white it is so forgiving that you're actually watching it and you get totally taken away from the effects it's just that this is a movie and these are Martians and this is happening whereas in colour you do kind of like oh shit that, that's dated a little bit so I think everyone should be watching it in black and white. You, you've you've stumbled across such a genius idea that you should really be kind of contacting Tim Burton. Like, listen, I I've decided to make this black and white and you should be paying me money for this now because it's <laughs> going to bring more people onto the side of Mars attacks. I hope so because this... Uh, I, I haven't had anybody say, oh, God, why are you watching that? But I feel like the movie doesn't get the love. Uh when again after you asked me to come on and i was looking at some of the critic reviews and i was like mars attacks gets slated a lot it gets a lot of kind of negative reviews which i've never really realized before because i love it so much i've always thought it was just an eternally loved movie when i'm reading reviews like two stars and one star like oh it's not funny it's a uh, it's like He's not even parodied in the 1950s. He just is one of those films. I'm like, that was the intention. He, he, after Ed Wood, he was just in the spirit of Ed Wood. Like, let's make a film like that and get a, get a cast of people that Hollywood won't let you kill off in their contracts. Let's get them and let's kill them off with these aliens. And I, I, I don't understand the hate or the, the, the kind of disinterest for Mars Attacks. What? It blows my mind that people don't like it. It's so fun. And I mean, I don't know. I, 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 like you, I never looked for bad reviews on it because I assumed there weren't really many because, I mean, the, the effects were pretty good for 1996. And that's the only thing I really would, yeah, would address. I mean, I mean, the Martian lady, Lisa Marie, that was, that was Tim Burton's yeah. girlfriend at the time. It's so sexy and creepy at the same time. Yeah. 
Like I, I, at that age, I always feared that, like, can women actually do that? Can can women actually bite your lips off? <laughs> <laughs> or can, can you take their lips off? I'm like, oh my god, it's and also the big the, the big pointy boobs. Like, oh yeah. I, I, at seven, I was like, is that what boobs look like? <laughs> is this is this a thing? It's very confusing. <laughs> but it, it's so strange that, like. Lisa Marie in this, she's still, she's so appealing and pleasant in the eyes, despite having this gigantic kind of head and not blinking and being weird. Tim Burton has still, like, or Lisa Marie has still made herself sexy as a, as a Martian lady, which is, is so weird when she's a vampire and <laughs> Edward as well. Oh, like that, right, that's, she was. Yeah. That's like my ultimate. That, that's my, like, if Natalie Portman, like, seriously kicks back and, like, gets out the van and gets away from me, then we'll maybe go to Lisa Marie and, like, goth her up a little bit and I'll settle for that. I think she still does the convention circuit. Oh, does she? I think so. The uh, I, I looked up some, I wanted to make sure that she was still around because <laughs> it's, it's, it's easier to... <laughs> to joke about the living than the dead sometimes but and i also had to make sure that it wasn't because i always get confused when i hear lisa marie i think lisa marie presley so do i <laughs> and i was like that's what? not the same person right do you know it's only it was only a few years ago i realized it wasn't the same person <laughs> i was always like it's so weird that lisa marie presley and tim burton were going out yeah didn't happen <laughs> not the case at all and she was in the the naked gun movies yeah. So it's like maybe maybe I'm just not paying enough attention. Uh, she's you know she's what she's about fifty about fifty years old now. Look at Barbara Crampton. She is still a fantastic looking woman. Lisa Marie, you were creepy and erotic at the same time. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not actually going to kidnap you. As an older as an older woman, she could probably see that as a serious threat. So. I'm okay to say that that is just a joke. <laughs> yeah. And thank you for listening. <laughs> it's it's just a fun movie. And this has been a love letter about about Mars Attacks. And it's been a love letter about how we got into Mars Attacks and all the weird side tangents. But, I mean, it's it's just fun. I mean, the, the, Mar, the Martians are fucking assholes. <laughs> And I I just love when they're when they're chasing the people through the streets, killing them all, and they play that translator. Don't run, we are your friends. <laughs> no, I said that is exactly what was in my head when I was talking about the, the interview or the sorry the reviews saying that oh the, there's no humor in it or the humor's flat. I'm like, how can you possibly say that? That the oh don't run, we are your friends, or we're here for peace. As yeah. they blow people up, <laughs> that that is hilarious. I don't care what age you are, that's so clever. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, it's so much fun. Uh, you know, Natalie Portman's snide little comments. Like, I guess it wasn't the dove. <laughs> um, oh, oh, Richie, Richie is a little bit annoying, I guess. Yeah, he's a little too into donuts. <laughs> yeah, they're making the universal sign for the donut <laughs> is that a universal sign okay then <laughs> like i guess uh, you're gonna go off on some ramble about living in teepees <laughs> in your flannel shirt there um <laughs> and he gets it, natalie portman i know and if, if that can happen then there is there's hope 
You've got much better hair than he has also. I've got better ears as well. (laughs) (laughs) His ears are quite substantial. (laughs) And like this is a movie with such a strong cast and then Jack Black, before Jack Black was Jack Black, is a it's I just I can't understand the hate. And maybe people will listen to this and then they'll messages with like all the reasons they hate Mars Attacks. Maybe. But I just I don't I, I don't get it. Unless you just have a genuine dislike for Tim Burton and anything he does, you're gonna dislike anyway, whether it's good or not. I, I don't I don't understand how you can't have fun with Mars Attacks, how you can't have fun knowing that Jack Nicholson is the president and just a Vegas kind of hotel owner. Yeah. Uh, Danny DeVito is just there. Who cares what Danny DeVito is doing? The fact that Danny DeVito is there is fun. <laughs> hey, Tom Jones, right? It ain't unusual, eh? Tom, Tom, can I have an autograph? Anybody got a pen? Uh, Pam Greer, just being Pam Greer. It's uh, like, for horror fans and kind of genre fans, I think this movie has everything that they could want. Jim Brown. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> oh. I, I'd love to actually sit down with everyone that dislikes Mars Attacks, hear their point of view, and then tell them why they're wrong. Side side podcast. Who attacks Mars Attacks? <laughs> yeah, one of those memes say, uh, Mars Attacks is amazing. Change my mind. Yeah. None of you are ever going to change my mind. <laughs> Fuck it. Annette Benning is so good. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's, you, you go through the cast and you're like and also uh, Michael J. Fox and Martin Short and Sarah Jessica Parker it's just it, it has everyone and if if it was such a bad movie do you really think all of them would have signed up to do it? Of course not Yeah, they all seem to be having a blast I know it was kind of a joke but when Tim Burton said that Jack Nicholson read the script and said I'd play all the parts I would like to see that version too Oh, that would be amazing <laughs> can you imagine Jack Black is the is Jack Black? Sorry, can you imagine Jack Nicholson is the old the old lady listening to Slum Whitman? <laughs> he, he would blow that role clean out the wall. Or man, <laughs> I know Thomas. <laughs> and it's it, it, but it is a Tim Burton movie. So if you don't like Tim Burton, you probably won't like this. Fucking Danny Elfman soundtrack, of course. I, I'd say this is one of Danny Elfman's best see the intro song when you've got the kind of the, the 500 ufos all surrounding earth the the opening soundtrack is incredible and i have a lot of time for danny elfman but i generally think this is this is the one that comes on i'm like mars attacks absolutely love it it's tense it's it opens the movie perfectly after the flaming stampede of cows in <laughs> kentucky how good does that look in black and white by the way all <laughs> right it actually looks genuine, whereas when you watch it in colour, it's like, okay, I can see that those cows are not on fire. Yeah. But black and white, you're like, those cows are definitely on fire. <laughs> that that scene, and yeah, a lot of the attacks look really cool in black and white. The uh, Spoiler alert, when the, Amer- when the Americans figure out how to save the world, <laughs> as, as, we, as we do in 1950s type sci-fi movies. <laughs> Uh, the when the saucers are crashing into the ocean or crashing into buildings and stuff, that looks even cooler in black and white. The I think the black and white forgives the better trained eye of now. Yeah, 
sort of thing. No, definitely, I agree. And but yeah, if if you have not seen Mars Attacks, what are you doing? Listen to me right now. <laughs> yeah, when you said spoiler there, I was thinking, do you think there's actually anyone out there who has <laughs> never seen Mars Attacks? May there might be, but I don't. I don't know. I sometimes I'm surprised at at films people are saying that they haven't seen, and I, I'm there's stuff that I haven't seen, but. Mars Attacks, I feel like people will have accidentally seen it by now. Yeah. Like, if you if you are into the like the kind of genre horror sci-fi type things, and you haven't seen Mars Attacks, then we should remove your eyes because you're wasting them. <laughs> we should remove your eyes and give them to someone else. And I mean, this will be the only place you can see Sarah Jessica Parker's head sewn onto a chihuahua. <laughs> <laughs> How good is that? <laughs> you know, and Pierce Brosnan, all the science guy from the White House. Uh, just... that, 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 that's what it was all about this film. It's like, it's set in the kind of, like, the 90s, but it just mixes in, like, the army look like they're straight out of the 50s. The science guy is straight out of the 50s. It just kind of transcends time. It's like, you can comment on this if you want, but who cares? Like, it's my movie. I'm going to I'm going to make this movie. It's going to be fun. If I want the soldiers to look there from the 50s, that's what's going to happen, and you just roll with it. And I think that's where the enjoyment in the movie is. You don't need to be looking going, oh, what, t- what, time, what time zone is this meant to be? Who cares, man? It's fun. It's cartoony. It's comic book. It's... Uh... The Martians I'll, I'll... singing back up to Tom Jones in Vegas. <laughs> the Martians in their little red pants. Why are they wearing little red pants? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? It's fun. <laughs> Fucking smoking nuclear bombs like a <laughs> like a nitrous hit or something. Just... <laughs> Oh, I'm so, I'm so glad you asked me to come on and talk about this because it, it meant I could go back and watch it again and again and again. And I, I, I'll watch Mars Attacks three or four times a year. And I'm so glad that I can now, I've got an excuse to watch it even more without without ruining it for myself. I'm, I'm watching it for research, <laughs> air quote research. And yeah, man, I don't think I'll ever get tired of this film. And I do, I do think it's because of how how much it meant to me as a kid. And I, I think that's where people who hate Tim Burton would dislike it. But Tim Burton has just made this to recreate the magic he felt going to see, like, uh, Invaders from Mars or uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Uh, that the way he felt as a child going to see these, that this is what he's created with Mars Attacks. And I went into the cinema see this blew my mind and i think he created magic there and it's unfair to criticize him for that like oh well he's just, he's just copying the 50s movies or he's trying to do a parody of it and it didn't really land well that's not the case tim burton knew exactly what he was doing and i think he nailed it yeah he could easily have sort of parodied it and mocked it lovingly like he did with ed wood yeah he, he could have done that and i i don't know I feel like some people that was like, oh, blah, 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 Mars Attacks. Ten years before that, they fell in love with Beetlejuice. Yeah. 
I think you wrapped up that very well. I try to keep this about as long as you're used to podcasting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, I'm, I, I'm a guest on your show. I will be led by you. I think we did a good pitch for Mars Attacks. And are, are there any scenes that, that really stand out to you that we didn't touch on? To be honest, no. The, the, the scene that I did want to mention, but you got there first, is the uh, don't run, we're your friends. <laughs> <laughs> don't run, we are your friends. <laughs> and I feel like that pops up a couple times in the movie. Yeah. I, I, I like to think it's because the the kind of translator thing that they've built, it just shows that the man are so up themselves that they believe that the alien, if aliens came, they wouldn't want to kill us, that aliens would actually want to be our friends. Whereas in real life, if an alien race came, they would look at the state that we have we have left this world in and be like, wipe all of them out. And they've, they've worked this translator out and they've got this word for attack and peace and they're like, right, they definitely mean they come in peace. But <laughs> aliens aren't. I think the aliens are running around saying, we are going to kill you. Like, you guys are a mess. You're all fucked and, and you don't know it. Yeah, it's just a commentary on on man believing that like aliens would want to be our friends. No, no, they wouldn't. Well, they're really smart. So they have to know that we're awesome. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) They're really smart. They are, they are advanced. They got some really cool technology. They can keep Pierce Brosnan's handsome chiseled face alive (laughs) and make Sarah, Jessica Barker. (laughs) 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 <laughs> and, but yeah in, in the end they they're gonna make earth into a parking lot yeah man and run off with all our porn and to be honest see right now i'd say that's not a bad thing because what are the what can the martians do worse than the way they cut the the way the country america uh, <laughs> and the way our, our country with the whole brexit nonsense the way we're going just now, just bring the Martians and let them. Let, let's see if they can make it better. If they destroy us, then, to be honest, they're making it better. <laughs> As an outsider, I've I've been watching the Brexit thing, not not so much in a see. Yeah, some people here elected Trump, but Brexit got voted for. It's more of a hopeful thing. Like I have more faith that somehow you will get out of Brexit, and that will give show us a path. To getting out of Trumplandia, I I I don't follow it as much as I should be in the country because, like, it kind of upsets me a lot. A lot of that stuff, the Brexit thing, to me, is a total farce. Why it even came up, why why we would want to do it, is unbelievable to me. And until we don't have a conservative government, until Theresa May is not there. I don't know how we're going to get out of it, uh, but it, it, it's sad. <laughs> it saddens me. Try not to believe conspiracies, but I have seen that there are links between the pro-Brexit, like comp- same companies hired to push the pro-Brexit thing were also hired to help elect Trump. So maybe Mars has attacked. They're just hiring PR firms. <laughs> See, if I like to think that the Martian attack would be more fun than the the Trump Theresa May Brexit attack. <laughs> to me, that 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 can't be Martians. That's got to be like that's got to be someone from like fucking Uranus. That's got to, that's got to be like really angry aliens that have done that to us. 
Pluto Pluto is angry at being demoted to a dwarf planet. <laughs> I don't because you'll make me think of that Rick and Morty episode. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a whole new tangent. <laughs> um, I guess for a more constructive tangent, for those of you silly people who are not yet on the Scott and Liam train, how can they get aboard? They can go on to www.scottandliamversusevil.com uh, or our Facebook group in SoundCloud and iTunes and Instagram and Twitter links are all on there. And yeah, come and check us out. If, you, if you've actually understood anything that I've said, because I know I sometimes speak really fast and really broad, uh, it actually blows my mind that you can understand me sometimes. I'm telling you, man, it's uh, it's all my old English classes. That that's some good English teaching because I know people that I've grown up with that don't even understand me. <laughs> but if you can understand me, then our, our show is it's just two guys talking about movies that they love and or hate. Uh, I try and show Scott some of the old kind of golden age horrors, the uh, Universal monsters, uh, Nosferatu, things like that, because Scott's kind of a, a modern day horror fan. Scott is Scott is what I call a a Blumhouse a Blumhouse bum bandit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the fact that he, he just wants to watch new horror, he doesn't have time for old horror. It's not fair. He, he does he does give it a go, uh, but I just like to really attack him for it. And then Scott will show me some movies like Leatherface, the Leatherface uh, prequel that nobody wanted that I would avoid because it's it's new, it's nonsense. Uh, and we kind of have like a back and forth battles about it. So yeah, if you if you can understand me and you want to come over and check us out, then please do. I want it on the record at least one more time. I feel like I've said this before, but I did not vote for the Lindsay Lohan movie. <laughs> oh, that bloody movie, man! I think that movie will haunt me for the rest of my life. Uh, if your listeners have never watched uh, "I Know Who Killed Me," starring Lindsay Lohan, then I urge you. To continue that, don't ever, <laughs> ever watch that film. It is utter, utter nonsense. Yeah, I don't understand why Lindsay Lohan keeps getting cast. If she had been cast in Mars Attacks, if she was like at an age that she could have been cast in Mars Attacks, I think that is what would put me off this film. That is the only thing that would make me hate Mars Attacks. <laughs> and Lindsay Lohan, if you're listening, there is no danger. I'm coming to kidnap you, so you are safe. You can you can leave your door unlocked. You can leave your windows open. I am not coming. It's fine. <laughs> you know, she I she probably if she ever did listen to the show, she probably would have stopped by now because of all the shit I talk about Trump. <laughs> she she was at one point a very verbal supporter. So <laughs> she, that that tells you everything you need to know about Lindsay Lohan. She can fuck off with James Woods. Yeah, fucking Lindsay Lohan, man. <laughs> I think that if that uh, movie it is just going to be the thing that everyone asks me about because they know how angry I get thinking <laughs> about it. I was Lindsay Lohan, man. <laughs> I, I think what the, the the worst thing that we've done though is by hating on it so much that we've now created a situation that if we ever do another poll that the the group get to pick they are going to pick the worst movie just to hear us get so violent about it <laughs> uh, what i should have done is just come out and say oh yeah that movie's okay and never mentioned it again and then they would maybe pick good movies for us to watch but say lovey yeah maybe 
just just delete anytime somebody br- writes in a Lindsay Lohan type f- film or whatever. Just delete the option. Just like, nope. yeah, I, to be honest, I refuse to watch it. I've said to Scott, I said if anyone votes for a Lindsay Lohan movie, then I, I'm refusing, and we're going to go to the next whatever gets the next uh, highest amount of votes. I'm not watching. I'm not watching any more Lindsay Lohan. It's what the electoral college here in the states was set up for, and it definitely did not save us. So you've got to save yourself. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. But really, I really appreciate you having me back on. Uh, I fucking love your show. I love talking to you. I got on so well with you, and I can't wait till we do a proper punk rock episode. And not even for me to talk. I just want to hear more stories about your band and your your turn and stuff. You fascinate me, Dan. You fascinate <laughs> me. <laughs> that should be a love letter from me to you. Oh, well, <laughs> thank you, man. Thanks for coming on and. <laughs> I too am a big fan of of your show. Obviously, uh, I'm not forced to have anybody on this show. So, everybody <laughs> that you hear, unless I have a falling out with later, and you know, I, I think we agree on Lindsay Lohan and Mars Attacks, so and we can get over <laughs> everything else. Definitely. <laughs> we'll need to as soon as as soon as we can get Scott to actually tie down his shifts. I, I know I said it last year. Uh, <laughs> we need we need to get you on, but. As I said, like I get an hour window a week or every two weeks to get Scott to record. So to actually tie in with other guests, it's it's so hard unless we just all turn up at the pub, and obviously that's going to be harder for you to do. Yeah, uh, I, I'll, I'll probably be in country sometime in the next five years. <laughs> make it in the next five months, and we'll just have we'll have a week special that you're just on every day. <laughs> Yeah, we'll put them out on both feeds. Yeah, you should. We should definitely come over though, man, because I think it'd be to just sit in a bar and just chat punk would be would be fucking good, man. Oh, that's chat cool. chat punk and anti Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get it. We'll find some big Lindsay Lohan fans like the Freaky Friday remake is the best <laughs> movie, and we'll we'll have a row, as you folks say. A, a route I would kill them. <laughs> that would result in physical murder. And then you can flee the country with me until it, it, it calms down. Yeah. We'll go to the. There's a brew dog here. We'll go to the brew dog hotel. Get you set Sweet. up. Sweet. <laughs> but yeah, dude, I'm I'm looking forward to having more conversations, digital and analog, with you, my my friend, and. Thanks a lot. I appreciate you giving up some time. I know we've got right now we've got a five hour difference. I don't know what happens when daylight saving time happens again. Uh, we move forward an hour this year or this spring. So yeah, I think we do too. Okay, I think you're. You, I think you move forward a week after we do, or something like that. I, I don't think they're on the same day. Fucking farmers, that? farmers, and Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> <laughs> see i only i usually come at a club and it's like oh it's it's 4 a.m or it's 5 a.m oh yeah the clocks have went forward or <laughs> why why are we getting kicked out it's only like 2 a.m oh yeah the clocks went back i'm like oh i still can't i'm nearly 30 and i still can't work this out <laughs> like, i don't know i don't know when it changes i don't know why it changes but i don't like that it changes just just keep it simple man i hate having to change my watch just fucking let's stay at the same time oh we're getting giggly and goofy but um yeah dude thank you again thank you so much Uh, it's always a pleasure chatting with you and 
you know, we don't always do it at the end of the episode, but you know, the little don't let them get you to the second location thing we got from last house on the left or, uh, fuck the FCC. We got when we did pump up the volume, I forget what we did when we did repo man, but what's a little fortune cookie bit of advice for Mars attacks. Uh, you put me on a spot now. <laughs> I think it would be. <laughs> that was incredible, by the way. <laughs> I can't say I've some... never done that before. <laughs> but no, man, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you to the listeners that have actually continued and not just turned it off, but like, I hate Mars Attacks and turned this <laughs> off. I hope, I hope we've turned you around and you go back and revisit Mars Attacks. Like, do you know what? That is a fucking good film. And if you got, if you have reservations, turn the turn the color off on your TV and give it a chance. Unless you're yeah. Scott, you'd probably have to turn the color up. <laughs> yeah, turn it to a hundred. He <laughs> says such a such a cinema racist. <laughs> he just he can't do black and white, and it angers me. Cinema segregationist, separate but equal. Cool. <laughs> That's what he is. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, dude, it was a fucking blast. We could. Uh, we we we'll get together in less than a year. Yeah, definitely, man. Chat. Thank you, everybody. Don't forget to duck and cover.